Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. There's a cat over here. There's a cat, There's a cat over there. Cat. And the wrong one died. And the wrong one died. Welcome to The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the cast Ashafi. I'm your host, Mike Abrams, and today we have another amazing guest. She was Jenny Andy Dots on the U.S. National Tour 6 of Cats before the pandemic. So welcome, Emily Jean Phillips, and thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I am excited to to have a Jenny, because I feel like there's a lot there. So um, before we get into the craziness of your cat, uh, I would love to hear about your history with the show. When was the first time you saw it? How much did you know about it before you got cast in it? Yeah, I never saw it live. I remember as a kid watching the movie version, like the musical version. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I used to do shows at a community theater in New Jersey called Plays in the Park. And they did Cats. And Jenny came out tap dancing and I was like that's me I want to be her and I think I was like 11 so I wasn't like old enough to audition for it but I remember like that was one of the first musicals that I was like I want to do that and then I never thought that I would do Cats because they kind of stopped the touring as Mm -hmm. I got to be a professional like I went to college and the tours didn't exist anymore and no one was really doing it um, locally like regionally either um, and then they did the revival. I went in for the revival for Broadway, um, and then they did the tour, and I went in for the tour too. So that's awesome. So you saw it as like a 10, 11 year old, like pretty early, mm-hmm. pretty early yeah. on, to the point where you probably didn't understand a lot of the context of the show at that point. It's definitely over your head. None of it. No. Have you ever reached back out to that Jenny and and said like, hey, like I got to do it? Like, did you do you remember anything about her? Oh, yeah, I was friends with her. I did a bunch of shows like it was a very close community theater. Um, And so the next like two years I auditioned and did shows there until I went away to college. Um, So I was really good friends with her and her parents. And I I remember telling her, like, you inspired me to audition here. That's amazing. That's awesome. So, okay, and and then you were essentially you've been a tap dancer for a while. So this is like kind of a natural like you knew that this was going to be a role. How did you get into tap? Like, how did that start? I started tap dancing when I was two years old. Two? It was the first, yeah, it was the first dance class I ever went to. And my dad tells the story. I, we went for ice cream and the dance studio complex was next to the ice cream and I saw the girls through the window and he said, I grabbed his hand and I said, Dad, Dad, I want dance. 
So he took me in and he thought I was going to go running away. He bought me my little tap shoes and that was it. That's where okay. it all began. Well, you got to humor me with this. How do you teach tap to a two-year-old? So you put the shoes on and they kind of like walk around and then like really baby, baby tap is like you differentiate where their weight shifting is. So you'll say like tap your toe and then you come together and then you say tap your heel and then you come together and then you try to teach them like flaps and shuffles. But my first tap solo, I was three and I danced to A, You're Adorable and I did it all by myself. I competed. Wow. I'm fascinated yeah. by this because I, so I started playing hockey when I was three years old and I have now seen a three-year-old hockey game as an adult. And it's like the kids can barely stand. They're like, you know, they're just, just skating in circles. There's no like hockey playing. It's basically which kid can stand up long enough to get down the ice. And it's like, that's what I was. But I learned to skate when I was and not even two. Like I learned to skate when I was three. And it's like, I, I don't even remember that for the most part i was too young to like even really register most of it and so i'm fascinated with something tap which is you know extremely difficult at such a young age it's kind of kind of a cool thing to be like oh yeah processing that early i, I feel like when you start that young you kind of naturally fall into it and i there's there's video footage my dad used to film everything of one of the recitals of our tap dance and no one was doing it right. And then he pans over to me with the video and I'm doing everything right. And I'm trying to get all the girls to follow me to stay on the beat. Well, prodigy from a young yeah. age. Uh -huh. I love it. I love it. So, okay. So you've been, you know, tap from two years on, you're doing community theater. Uh, where is, I know Cats is not, I don't think it was the first show you did, right? Um, was it your first professional show? No. Yeah, so you've done, you've been doing a lot of stuff. So tell, walk me through like getting, like in that audition process into a show where you, you know, it inspired you early on. Like, is it more nerve wracking when it's something that you're really passionate about or what was that experience like for you? Um, I think it's, it's nerve wracking cause it's something you really want. So, yeah. um, what's nice about it is I went to the Broadway audition. Um, and at that point I was not equity. So I went to the open call where they were seeing everybody. I mm -hmm. think, that day was crazy. I think there were like 3,000 people. Wow. So I wasn't expecting anything. I just wanted to get into the room because I knew that Andy was going to be there. A lot of times for those kind of things, the choreographer's never there. So I knew he was going to be there. And I was like, if I can just get in front of him once, maybe something will happen. Um, and I didn't get any callbacks for the Broadway revival. And then um, they did have a couple of like replacements, but I was out on other shows. So then when the tour came around, I was like, great, I've got my equity card. I can go to the ECC. I have an agent. He would get me an appointment. So I took every avenue. Actually, I went to the ECC on my own. I emailed my agent and I said, I want an appointment for Jenny. I'm that cat. Uh, he was like, great. So uh, they saw me at the ECC. I told them that I tap danced and they were like, great. Then I had an appointment to sing for Lindsay. Um, so I sang my own stuff. Then they asked me to sing for Jenny. And then it was kind of just like all about Jenny from then on. Uh, there were like three or four more callbacks, and then we had like Cat's boot camp. I don't know if anyone else has talked about that, but it oh, was yeah. like a week of oh, yeah. learning. Basically, I learned her whole number, and then we had to go one at a time. So I went through every call and every round. Um, and obviously, like, there's nothing you can really do by the end of that. It's like I did everything, and if I'm the right fit, I'm the right fit. And tour is difficult because you have to – fit into who's going to cover and what's your voice part and mm -hmm. you know in terms of traveling that but um my goal always is to get to the end of it and then it's out of my hands i can't really do anything about it so and, and i was lucky enough to do that and andy was great throughout all of cat's boot camp 
So you get into Cats Bootcamp, and I, we've talked a lot about this because I think this is the I think the most fascinating part of the show is that like there is somebody going out there and explaining not just the numbers and the dance, but also here's the backstory. Here's your three words. Here's like what all this means. So I'd love for you to share as much as you can that you remember from that because that's that's what my that's what this podcast is about is we're trying to solve the backstories and the relationships and the rumor mills of all the stuff that's seemingly unanswered until Chrissy Cartwright agrees to talk to me and tells me the answers. Yes, that's correct. I don't think she gave us our three words during the auditions, but at, like at rehearsals, she gave us our three words and I was looking for my notebook, but I couldn't find it. I know one of them is obviously like motherly, like mm -hmm. she's the motherly figure. There were two other words that I don't come to my mind that I don't remember, but obviously like, Jenny's the mother. She's kind of in charge of everybody. She's been around the longest. We actually talked more about how I felt about Grizabella rather than about everybody else. So like my whole through line was how I felt about Grizabella. And Carrie and I, Carrie Renee Fuller, were really good friends on the tour. And we had like a really strong moment at the end when I would give her my paw once we've accepted that she's gonna go up to the heavy side lair. So that is actually what I thought about more in the rehearsal and performance process uh, was Jenny and Grizz rather than like how Jenny acts with the kittens um, in her number. But yeah, mm. motherly obviously is like the main thing that I remember about when we got our words and she was talking about each character. So so tell me about that relationship because one rumor is, is that you and Grizzabelle are sisters. Interesting. I didn't, I, That that's not something that I had. I think that what we discussed a lot was that Jenny tried to help Grizz out a lot. So like when Grizzabella would go off and like fall down the rabbit hole of not being a part of the group, she would come back to Jenny and be like, will you help me? And every time Jenny would give her a chance. And so it's gotten to the point now where she's like, you always fail me. You always ask for a second chance and you never come through. So by the time we get to like, present day of the musical happening live on stage jenny's just done like immediately the first time she comes out she's like i'm done i have no more interesting so that's love a, to give that is yeah. a totally different layer than i think i've ever thought about this show because my assumption has always been that Je that grisabella left like left a long time ago and has not been back like she went and was gone and this is the first time returning. And so you're kind of like the way you you acted this out and played this part of your backstory essentially was that she came back a lot and mm -hmm. always she tried, she tried, tried to. yeah. And always came to you yeah. and you had to help and every time it failed. Mm -hmm. It's like a relapse every year. Yeah. And another thing that I talked about with Chrissy too is like Jenny at this point has been like educating the kittens about how bad Grizz is. So she's super protective like um, the way that we staged the, when she comes on for Remark the cat, I like immediately block them. And I'm like, you don't even get to look at her because she'll try to manipulate you or something like that. So I had a really strong sort of like motivational cross to make sure that Grizz got nowhere to the kittens. Cause she's like, she's bad. You can't engage with her at all. Like you can't even look at her. Yeah. So what would you say is the relationship? Like, are they just friends that had a falling out? Like what, what would you, how would you describe that? I feel like Grizz was like the the really, uh, uh, a lot of the times they describe like Grizabella used to be Victoria 
and everybody loves Victoria and Victoria's like coming of age and that was Grizz and then something happened and she just like left and it was just this like huge thing and I think Jenny kind of like groomed Grizz and so she takes credit for how great she was so then everyone kind of blames her for like what happened of her leaving uh, interesting we've compared uh, the cats to Kardashians multiple times on this podcast so it's basically you're like you're like the, the mom here. Uh, you're, you're like Chris, you're like Chris Jenner here, and you're you're orchestrating it. But then one falls off the deep end, and it's your fault. Probably, yeah. Okay, <laughs> I love <laughs> it. What are what were other relationships? I mean, obviously with the kittens, it's kind of the it feels like the obvious one that you know you're kind of like the mom and protector. But were there other like what about old Deuteronomy, Buster Jones, Gus, like some of the older McCavity? Like what what were were you told about relationships with them? Did you think about that when you were performing? Yeah, I feel like um, it was also connected to, like, how well we all got on, like, as a cast. Um, me and, um, oh, I call her St. Jellarica, but that's not her real name. Jelly Lorem. <laughs> yeah. I called her St. Jellarica. Um, we had a really hilarious backstory because in our version, we didn't, we weren't dancing in McCavity and we weren't dancing as much as the kittens. So we would like um, reminisce on the back of the set of like what what it used to feel like when we used to do those parts of the Jellicoe Ball when we were younger kittens. Um, so we had a really strong relationship just throughout the whole thing, like reminiscing about what it felt like to, to be that part of the Jellicoe Ball. Um, and also because we both love Buster for Jones and, and we're like madly in love with Buster for Jones. And that was like the class that these cats used to have. And, you know, we've got rambunctious kittens now, like Mongo Jerry and Rumpelteas are running around causing chaos. Um, I didn't really have much of a relationship to McCavity. Uh, I was mostly just back in that protector role of making sure that everybody was safe. Um, and I had, like, a nice, like, uh, strong sort of respect for Dutes. And when he would come, I would make sure that the kittens were really prepared to greet him, um, that kind of thing. But my, I had a really strong relationship with Jelly Lorem. I, I kind of like that. You're like the, <laughs> like the two. I would say almost like sisters, just kind of hanging out, yeah. being like, this was back, back in our day, you know, on the yeah, on the exactly. on the front porch, kind of, you know, complaining about the the young the young kittens. Exactly. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your song, because there are some things I feel like it's been loosely answered, you know, over time in this, but I still think there's some strange pieces to it. So. Tell me about the costume change, like the fact that you shed the big coat midway through. Like, what is that about? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think I think Jenny's a little theatrical. She likes to be like, well, this was what what we used to do and what and what the old cats used to do. And I think she uh, wants to be perceived as, as this like really lazy cat that doesn't do anything. When in fact, she's kind of orchestrating everything and making sure that everyone's like on top of what they're supposed to be doing. Um, so for, for the audience perspective, it's really fun to see this like really big cat walking around, what's she going to do? And then it turns into this like full on theatrical number and it's like the second number in the show. So I think it's just her trying to be like, look at how spectacular I am. It could also be too that like, obviously we're fighting for who's going to go to the heavy side layer. And she's like, it's going to be me this time. Like I'm sick of helping everybody else. It's going to be me. Look at how great I am. So, uh, okay. So that, that is a good, I think that's a good point. And we'll get to like the, the thesis at the end. That's my last question as always. But, uh -huh. but do you like, is Jenny 
in the like she's in the running like she has to be one of the contenders so like does that like do you think about that when you're performing like are you trying to play into that like i, I have a shot in the second number and then grace comes back you're angry at her and then you accept her so it's like how do you walk through those kind of three different moments yeah i feel like i definitely approached the the number as like this is my chance to show them that i should be chosen for sure I think that as the show goes on, other things happen that maybe get in the way of that. Obviously, like, Grizz comes back, and we also hear from other cats. It could be interesting to think about. I don't know that we ever really talked about this um, as, like, context for what's happening on stage at that moment. But I don't know if we've heard from these cats before. Like, if we've heard from Gus and if we've heard from Bustifer... Um, Because I do know, like, watching Gus, from my perspective of Jenny, I was like, oh, you know what? He may be a better candidate than me. Um, So that kind of has has shifted my perspective, like, throughout the show line, I guess. Um, But I definitely, when I did the number, I was like, this is my shot to show everybody that I should be picked. So I love that point, because I think it's a question I've always wondered if it's addressed. You know, we get one ball, you get one example. And so... Is there discussion when you're going through the story? I know that some tuggers have been told, like, you're not you're not in the running. You're just going to go out there and cause chaos. But is there discussion of, like, you are in the running and you think you're going to get it until Grizz comes back? Or you know that it's between you, Gus, and Skimbleshanks. And so, like, like do you talk about that before knowing that, like, I mean, the ending is predetermined. So it's like you, you go through your rehearsal knowing how it's going to end come back, but it's kind of an interesting thought exercise in terms of like how you act it in the moment. Yeah, we definitely talked about it. Like we definitely talked about like Jenny is 100% a top contender. Um, Gus is a, a top contender. And I think other people kind of like sprinkle in mm-hmm. like that maybe wouldn't have performed, I guess. Like we didn't really talk about that, but I feel like, you know, because Skimbleshanks is like a younger cat. And so I feel like he kind of pops in. Obviously, like Mungo Jerry Rumble Teaser kind of cause chaos. I, oh, you talk about relationships. I, Jenny doesn't like Tugger. She finds him <laughs> annoying. She's not having it. So, you know, Tugger comes in. Jenny doesn't think that Tugger's a contender. But it's also like he could have been. Like it's up for grabs. We did talk about that prior to. Um, setting the whole show like chrissy was like yeah jenny's definitely a contender for the heavy side layer okay and then what else did she tell you about that though because like you know that you're gonna lose it is it that she's a contender she thinks she's a contender and then you have to embrace her like did you add the piece about you were annoyed with her coming back every year like how did that part with come Grisabella? yeah with Grisabella? yeah i think um I guess we didn't really talk about the ending. We talked about just the relationship in general. And I think what happens is, is Jenny's opinion changes about Grizabella by the end. Mm, so like okay. Jenny kind of has an arc. Like she starts off being like, I'm going to be picked for the Heaviside Lair. Because we also don't know that Grizz was coming back. Yeah, totally. That's the other yeah, thing. Yeah. So like Jenny went in being like, I'm going to win. It's a me and four other cats. And then Grizz comes back and she's like, no. And then, you know, we have Grizabella's whole arc. And then I think Jenny realizes, you know, towards the end, she's got this arc and she accepts and changes and, and you know, wants her to ascend. Yeah. So one of the questions I was going to ask, I think you kind of answered, which is that she's Jenny's impressive, not lazy. It's like it's a it's a facade that she's lazy. But I yeah. am curious because one of the things I've thought about and I know it's been brought up with other Jenny's is that like 
could the tribe function if she leaves like with how much she does so like is that ever thought about at, at all of like oh I, I gotta be here for all the kittens and everyone else because this group won't survive without me or is it the like it's my choice screw you all i'm going up i mean it could uh, i mean technically dude chooses and then everybody kind of accepts his choice and maybe that's the reason that dude has never picked her like i said like mm. has jenny performed before i don't really know like i don't know we didn't really talk about like has she applied to be to the heavy sailor before this um so no i agree with you i think i think maybe jenny just like wanted to be in to show off her talent and be like you can pick me but you're probably not going to <laughs> I, but i agree i think that she the tribe would just fall tank yeah if, uh, yeah yeah there's no i mean she's just too much so i think yeah. that this this is an interesting i haven't thought about and i love the way you're thinking about this which is do they apply like are you applying as a cat to be for the heavy side layer like like do you have to cope like put your name in a hat an audition for it or is it just predetermined or is it just like whoever jumps out in front like do you think that there's thought to that process not from like a android weber standpoint from the cat's no, jealous yeah. standpoint from the yeah i think that i think there's like nominations i think they're like you know what this year i think this cat would be a good person to tell us why they think that they deserve to go to the heavyside layer i think there's nominations okay so then how does like a tugger get through like in mistopheles like some of the ones that you don't think would be more natural to get picked based on pure age they just well that's what i mean by like i feel like people just like randomly jumped in okay like, you know they ruined it so they, <laughs> like, they weren't invited you've no. got you've got your list <laughs> yeah. of your few that have applied and been accepted and then you got a couple that just jump on stage and crash Correct. the party yeah like mungo jerry and rumple teaser would never be contenders okay but they're just causing chaos I like same it. thing with mccavity you know like mccavity's trying to like disrupt the process yeah but isn't that kind of like he wants to be a contender but since he knows he's not he's just disrupting like mm -hmm. his nomination yeah. was rejected basically probably yeah so who got nominated who got rejected and then jumped in i think i think oh my god okay who's first nobody's first i'm first because they do the thing okay so jenny's nominated tugger is not nominated Mungo Jerry Rumble Tees are not nominated. Bu uh, for Jones nominated. Yep. Uh, I think then it's Victoria, right? It's like her dance yeah, number. Yeah, she's she's a baby though. I don't think she would be nominated. She's, yeah, she's, it's hard she's to. She's a baby. It's hard to even argue if that is a perform. I mean, it's dance. I guess everything else is singing. Yeah. It's dance. So it's probably still a performance. Yeah. Um, I would say Macavity tries to get in there, and and the girls. Um, Demeter and Bomb sort of sing about Macavity, but I feel like that's just giving us some context as to like what what Macavity does for the group or like what Macavity does to the group. I think Gus and Skimbleshanks were nominated. Both mm -hmm. of them were nominated. Who's after that? I forget. Mistopheles. Oh, Mistopheles just. Oh, you know what though? It's a really big presentation, so I wonder if Misto was nominated this year. Mm. First year. First, First year nominated. Year what yeah. about what about someone like a monkey chef who doesn't even get to perform? Yeah, there was a lot of a discussion about the relationship between Dude and Monk, and that Deuteronomy is grooming Monkey Strap to become like a Deuteronomy. So I to be in charge. I find that part fascinating because I have a big yeah. question for me is: Is Deuteronomy even an option? Like, it, it, at what point does he become the choice? Like, does he pick himself? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it would it would be that like Deuteronomy nominates Monkey Strap to 
take over, and then Monkey Strap can nominate Deuteronomy to be chosen. To be chosen. Okay. There was a lot. I remember they. Ha- I wasn't a part of that, but I remember they had a lot of discussions about that relationship. What other relationships am I forgetting about, or am I missing that you remember? I know that I. <laughs> maybe this is not real. Like this wasn't a Chrissy situation, but I remember saying that I thought that. Um, Rumpelteaser was my daughter. Okay. <laughs> and that she um that she got she got strapped in and she's becoming like a Grizabella and I'm very upset about it. But that's just me. I think I made that up. <laughs> I like it though. I think yeah. there's a lot of like because of Jenny being motherly, there's a lot of like who is she the mother of? And that's mm-hmm. like almost the rumor mill, like on the cats fan Wikipedia page, is a lot of names. It's like you could be mom of pretty much everybody because oh, they don't really yeah. know. So I like okay, I like the rumple teaser, and it's not just to be your mother. It's like you're straightening her out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't go down that path. We don't need another Mm-mm. Isabella. Mm-mm. Okay, we'll be right back after this short break. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Um, I want to change, slightly change gears, because... Um, I want to hear, I know being on tour, I think it's a different experience. You get to like go city to city. How did you like, I'm sure, I'm sure you had people that showed up to, to come see you, uh, friends and family on the road. How do you explain cast to someone who's not seen it of like what they're going to see? Or do you just be like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to be early on and tapping and just watch that and then enjoy. Um, most of the people that I know, no cats. Um... Okay. They like I so I don't really have to explain anything about it. I think like one person came and I was like, "Hey, it's a super um, visual, beautiful dance experience. There is kind of a storyline. We come into the audience. It's just a fun time. I'm the second number." And they they have a. If I explain it like that for somebody who doesn't know or doesn't like cats, they have a great time because they just like think of the whole night as an experience as opposed to like trying to dissect what's going on um but i say 99 percent of the people that came to see me and it knew exactly everything about it. <laughs> i think that's fascinating because it is such yeah. a it, it people either are, you know i guess if you're theater or dance you're gonna know it and if you're not you're probably not but i just i feel like maybe it's just the world i live in that majority of people i talk to are like yeah i know what it is I knew the movie in 2019 was really good. Like, it was terrible, but not a lot else. And so there, I have to fill in a lot of blanks. Mm-hmm. So I kind of love that you didn't have to. That's great. So you just are. So did they? Are they mostly all like, like enthusiasts? Like they love the show because it's definitely polarizing. Yeah, I I wouldn't say that they love it, but they would go see it if I was in it, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but also like all my friends and family are theater people, so makes it a little easier they're like great cats yeah they also understand like the history of it like it's an epic show to be a part of and like totally. the dancing and like it's a spectacle and i think if you just go in with that lens um it, it's a fun night yeah i strongly encourage people not to go in with the way i did which was trying to figure out the plot 
Correct. That's that was a mistake, and it's it's really dramatically changed my life. Um, so. <laughs> Um, I do want to talk a little bit before we go into rapid fire and talking about the obvious debate here we have to still go. Um, I have saw you've, you've done some really cool things on TikTok, uh, especially with your tap dancing. So I would love to hear just kind of how you got, how you start doing it, how you like have kept up on it, like what you're, I mean, is it for fun? Is there plans with it? Like, it's really cool to see because you just do this, these really cool tap numbers. Yeah. So I started doing it uh, in the, my dad's basement at the top of the pandemic just as a way to, to keep dancing because um, I was severely depressed and I was like, I need to do something. I also was like a little judgmental of TikTok in 2020. Yeah. What's funny is, is like if we did TikTok on that tour, we would have been viral. Like we were ridiculous backstage, like funny and hilarious in our cat outfits. Um, but it was still kind of new. It wasn't I don't know. It wasn't what it is right now. So I started doing that in my basement and I would just kind of tap dance to the popular music that everybody was dancing to. So everyone was doing the dance trends and I would make them tap trends. And then I did, oh, you know what? Oh, this is ridiculous. Do you remember the Muni Legally Blonde that mm -hmm. was going around? All right, so everyone was posting that and I was like, what if I made Legally Blonde a tap musical? So I took his choreography and just made it tap and it kind of blew up. And then I just started going down the rabbit hole of every musical being like, what if Come From Away was a tap musical? What if Dear Evan Hansen was a tap musical? What if Wicked was a tap musical? Um, which is fun because you don't really get to dance to any of that, like tap dance to any of that music. And it's like, the music's fire to tap dance to. So that's kind of like what happened. And then, which is, which is really nice as a content creator, all I did was be like, what musical should I do next? And people, I had hundreds of musicals. Yeah. And then I just pick a minute of a song come up with it in my living room and then I go film it. That is awesome. So yeah, I mean, yeah. And you get the comments, people just giving you recommendations and mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's so interesting that it was like, it wasn't quite what it is now at the time of yours, but even the new touring cast, they did a lot of stuff with it because cats is like backstage. It's just built for it. Cause you're dancing, mm -hmm. you're in these, like you could do transitions from not in costume to in costume. It's just like really visual. And it's like, mm -hmm. it's, it's a, it's great content. So you see, you just need to oh, redo yeah. your, you need to like put your costume back on. You got to find the. Well, I started to put up like our old backstage videos, which like aren't as funny, but people were liking them. And that's the thing with TikTok too, is like, once you hit a niche of people, like people would just constantly ask for my cat's uh, content from, from the tour. Yeah. So I just took like my Instagram videos and put them on TikTok. That's awesome. That's so fun. Uh, what's, uh, what's the one you haven't done that you're like, really wanted to do next oh like musical yeah which tap music are um, you making next well i've sort of shifted um because there was a choreographer on instagram that was doing the fairly odd parents oh. so i made that a tap musical so now i'm like oh television so i just did sex in the city and game of thrones okay so i might play around with like television intros um because that's fun so fresh um, prince that's got to like come. Oh, that's a good one. I didn't write that down. Oh, that's a good one. I was thinking like The Office or Friends. Friends, yeah. Um, trying to think what has. Fresh Prince is a good Fresh one. Fresh Prince. What other are the iconic uh, songs? Like, like Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, as I say, mm -hmm. 
Um, Fun fact, I did Elf, the National Tour of Elf with George Wen, and he just wished me a happy birthday. Ah, nice. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. God, now I'm going to be thinking about what other TV shows, because that sitcom TV is like my favorite genre, which is why I struggle with this musical so much, because I like a very tidy story that a sitcom gives me, and Cats is the exact opposite. And so Correct. I watch a lot of, like, yes, Friends and um, Fresh Prince and uh, all those, like, like The big, Office big and Bang Big Bang. Theory. Yeah. yeah. Um, the uh, Succession, that intro music is, is that good? very, very well. It's like one of the only ones people don't skip. Okay. So that would be one to look into. But it's, I don't know, right. it's kind of slow. So it might be really tough for Tap. You'll figure it out. I mean, I did, I did Game of Thrones, so. Yeah, that's, that'll we'll be one. We'll figure it out. You're the pro. Somebody asked me to do Lay Miz, and I was like, oh, God. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's tough. <laughs> um, okay, let's do some rapid fire. If you were any other cat besides Jenny, if you could play it one day, forget if you are male, female, capable, non-capable, just if you could do one track one time, who would you want to do? I think I would want to be Bomb. Want to be Bomb? Ballerina. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why? Just uh, sing the cavity and... Yeah, sing the cavity and she's got some like fierce dancing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. Uh, who are your favorite and least favorite cats? Forget the actors and actresses that played them. Just <laughs> character by, by personality type. Okay, favorite is Skimble. Misto. I do like McCavity. Um, Doot and Bustfur. I don't like... It's not that I don't like them. I just... I like those other cats better. Okay. Um, Is this like from Emily's perspective or Jenny's perspective? So I think either. I, I kind of think okay. it's more fun when it's Emily's perspective, not Jenny's perspective. Because I think uh-huh. Jenny's is like, you know, it's kind of written for you. I like to know yeah, like which true. one you don't like, which one bothers you as a, as a person. As a person? <laughs> um, I don't know that they bother me. I think I'm looking at this like, Mungo Jerry Rumble Teaser, like that number is wild. I could never do that number. <laughs> Yeah, I, it's crazy. Um, yeah, I think my favorites are. What did I say? Misto. McCavity. I do like Bomb and Demeter. I like them too. I think that they're sassy cats. You've named like half the cats, but I, like, I like. I, I'm not letting you off the hook. You got to give me You're one. You're not letting there. me off the hook. No. Well, I feel bad saying like I don't like. I guess maybe it's the kittens. Okay, my answer has always been Peter. Okay. That's. I just think he's. I feel bad for the. You know the Gus. It's the bus Gus track. So I feel bad for them. But Peter's worth. Yeah. Peter's worthless. I could have named him anything else. That's true. That's true. Yeah, wow. you're right about that. Okay, so you're gonna. The, the, as Jenny, you protected them so much that you're just like, as Emily, I'm done. I'm, I'm over it. <laughs> I. I'm. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I have no. I have no. Uh, no further questions on that. Um, what's your favorite song from the show? The first one that popped in my head was Skimbleshanks, but I think it's just because it's so much fun to do. Like, we're just, like, running around the whole time. Yeah. So I'll say Skimbleshanks. Okay. Uh, and then if one cat was going to become a TikTok influencer, not maybe, we can say tap, but just in general, which cat do you think would be? And I think there's a couple answers to this now. If a cat was going to be a TikTok influencer? Yeah. Which, which cat character would be would become an influencer? 
I mean, my first thought is Mongo Jerry, Rumpelteaser. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. I, so I haven't thought about first them as much. Thought. Okay, so what yeah, is their content? For sure. Just dance. They're just going to be dancing all the time? They're going to be dancing. They're going to be making stupid, funny videos of, like, pranking the cats. They would just cause chaos. And it would be hilarious. Like, those really funny, stupid videos of people causing chaos. I love it. For okay. Sure. I yeah. love it because that's not been an answer I've heard yet. And I've asked this now a couple of times. Absolutely. So I still think the, the the ones that I've always thought of right away were Victoria is just doing dances. Yeah. I think Tugger is doing dances. Mm-hmm. I think Mistopheles is doing dances. Yeah. Then I think you've got Bust for Jones as a cooking show. <laughs> that, yeah, for sure. Like niche Have cooking you seen the channel. Co- the cooking shows in the forest. Have you seen those? No. Ones? Like cook. Oh my God! You got it. That's a rabbit hole. It's like men cooking in the forest. I have not. No. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Now yeah. my algorithm hasn't hit me with that yet. So <laughs> I need to. I'll, I'll start. It's probably listening to us, so I'll probably start curating yeah. Uh, yeah. content. No, I feel like he's gonna. Yeah, he's too high end to do it in the forest, though. He's cooking in like some high end kitchen. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, I love it. Okay, million dollar question. I have debated at length that I don't think Chris Bell is the right joke choice. So. I want to hear you, Emily. Where where do you fall on this? Are you picking Grizabelle if you're old Deuteronomy? If not, who are you picking and why? Okay, so as Emily, I feel like maybe you could look at it in the context of potentially Gus because he's lived a nice, healthy, long life. He's, you know, done a lot of stuff. He was the theater cat. He does his big number. And he's sort of ready to go. That's logical. Okay. I think also, potentially, it could be Misto, because he saves Deuteronomy. Oh, so rewarding. And so, correct. So he gets rewarded for saving him. Um, So that's an Emily perspective. I think for a Jenny perspective maybe Grizabelle is the right person because Jenny on my end had that big arc of accepting her after everything that she's done, after everything Grizz has done to Jenny and like Jenny's tried to help her. Um, but I think if it wasn't Grizabella, maybe Mistopheles or Gus. Okay. So the follow-up question to this is how do you think old Deuteronomy makes this decision? Like, is there a criteria that's the same every year? Is it different every year? What was I think this year? Okay. So what's this year's criteria? Redemption? Yeah, maybe redemption. So this is the part that I struggle with on this whole debate. Um, there's a lot of parts I struggle with on this debate, let's be honest. <laughs> but what is his criteria before she comes back? Because like the whole point of this is you don't know she's coming back. Right. So what is his, like, how is he making a decision if she doesn't show up? So I think, I mean, based on sort of what we were going on with, with cats being nominated, if we look at it based on like Jenny, Bustifer, Gus, Skimbleshanks, like in our version, Skimbleshanks is an older cat. Mm-hmm. We also like, me and Skimble had more of a relationship. Everybody called us mom and dad. So we were kind of like the parents of the group. So I feel like it was a lot of the elder cats that were nominated. So maybe you can look at it as like, have they fulfilled what they were meant to do for this Jellicle tribe? Have they, you know, earned their status of being these like elderly cats and have like served their purpose and now they're ready to go. I think you can look at it like that. 
pre-Grizabella, we don't know she's coming. Obviously, we've discussed Misto, she kind of jumps in there. Mongo Jerry, Rumble Teaser kind of jump in there. And Tugger kind of jump in there. And McCavity kind of jumps in there. Um, that's my perspective. I think it's interesting, though, because, like, the nomination, like, I, it, it feels very singing show like singing competition which means that there isn't really a criteria it's just like who performs best and in that case then you could argue memory but like there's a plenty of other choices that are like impressive throughout the whole thing Mm -hmm. so it makes me think that that's not the answer though and that it is a lot more of the story arc that goes with the performance and that's where i've like really struggled with grizabella because the redemption story should be a you get to stay with the tribe for one more year and you can go next year when after mm-hmm. you've now spent time like we welcomed you back hang out with us we're happy to have he- a healthy happy grizabella but if she doesn't even come i'm still un- unclear of like how old deron is deciding like it seems like there's some contenders for sure but has he decided he wants most worthy who's helped the most who's fulfilled their life most because that's a different answer for each one yeah that's true I don't know. I feel like I feel like it maybe could have started at a particular way. Like it was gonna be either like who gives the best performance or who has fulfilled their sort of destiny within this tribe, and then it all changes because Grizabella comes back and he's like, you know what? You've been through a lot. You deserve some rest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I struggle with that. Um, I just struggle with her returning after clearly such a challenging past and being immediately rewarded with what seems like the highest honor possible for this cult yeah that's that's where i I, that's where i I struggle i agree and i feel like too i don't know like what other cats perspectives are but like we can accept her but also be like we just threw down our performances and you just get to go right up into the heavy side layer yeah which is then because i i really haven't thought about this until now like have these cats had the opportunity to perform before do you get the opportunity to perform next time like i don't know you know like if if you get to just apply every year then okay it's not a big deal but if this was your only only year to try to get to that then it's like okay well that kind of sucks i like it yeah or if you're you know if it's 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 really between you gus and skimble you're like i just i can give like an 85 percent performance and i'm probably best and then all of a sudden you throw in a wild card that's not supposed to be there you might have practice your performance more yeah it seems unfair i agree yeah i love it so if you're choosing between gus and misto i'm gonna say gus you're gonna say gus so your team gus okay um this has been super fun i want to hear uh how can we stay in touch with you how can people watch the tap on social media tell us how we can stay uh up to date with what you're doing yeah um all the all the social platforms instagram i take i put all my tiktoks on instagram now so if you don't have a tiktok you could still watch them on instagram reels um yeah so my instagram's emily jean for my tiktok's just my full name emily jean phillips and then i also have a cute little tiny youtube channel which is more like day in the life stuff of like what it's like to be auditioning in new york city but yeah that is a currently trending tiktok right now is audition stories has been popping up a lot it's wild yeah yeah uh very very interesting i've i've run into a couple of them as someone who doesn't audition for anything and has no knowledge of the process or any of it it's kind of fascinating to listen to 
Oh yeah, it's well. It's a really interesting outside perspective because it's you know you're you're getting you're trying to get a job, so it's like job interviewing, but performing yeah a totally different way well this has been so amazing thank you so much for being uh an awesome guest bringing some new thoughts i definitely there's a couple of things that we hadn't have not discussed before which is why this podcast still goes because every time i i learn something new and pick up a new way to think about this show yeah well this has been awesome so thank you emily and thanks everyone else for listening to this episode of the wrong cat dad the podcast breakdown of the catastrophe to follow along you can subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher or anywhere else you listen to podcasts follow us on twitter instagram and tiktok at the wrong cat died or check out our website thewrongcatdied.com okay Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.